Um, and I also really, really liked um, Artemis Fowl by Owen Colfer. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, do not watch the Disney Plus. No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't speak of that. We also right. don't speak of the Percy Jackson movie. Like, right, there, exactly. there is no movie. Yeah, I never right. existed. Um, what movie? <laughs> exactly. I'm just excited for the TV show. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to the 42nd episode of Try Reading. It's me, Gabriel, and if you love romance, magic, and contemporary fantasies, then keep listening. But I'll shut up because blah, blah, blah. The thing that's really important today is today's guest. And today's guest is the amazing debut author, Miranda Sun. How are you, Miranda? I'm good. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. Of course. It's such an honor to be talking with you, and I'm just so excited to talk all things about your book and you as a writer. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. Likewise. Well, Miranda Sun is a storyteller by nature and wordsmith by trade, a lover of science as well as mythology. She is fond of exploring museums and aquariums wherever she goes, which is pretty iconic. And she makes her home in Chicagoland, where she drinks iced coffee even in the dead of winter and keeps an eye out for magic hidden in plain sight, as anyone should, honestly. I mean, I'll take a ghost boyfriend any day. So... (laughs) Her first novel is a YA contemporary fantasy called If I Have to Be Haunted, and it releases from HarperCollins on September 26th, 2023, and I cannot wait. This book is such an anticipated release of mine, and you listeners should be reading this book when it releases too. Miranda, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today, and it is such an honor to get to talk with you. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I was so excited to have you reach out. Um, can't wait to get into... Uh the ghost world yes (laughs) (laughs) exactly absolutely well i do have to ask what are you currently reading Ooh, something i am currently reading is brown breaker by victoria aveyard um we have the same editor and i follow victoria on tiktok and it's so funny because victoria will like make jokes about the writing process or like you know like things it's like her editor like won't let her put in like um just like 20 pages of like world building about like how the roads got started and she'll be like like Alice in the captions and I'll be like I know I know (laughs) Alice I understand that reference so it's just like really funny um yeah because it's um just like really cool like diving into uh that like fantasy world it's like it's like second world fantasy, high fantasy. So very different from, um, I think, the contemporary fantasy world that I have in my book. Yeah, absolutely. But that is so cool that you both have the same editor and um, that you kind of know what she's talking about or like when she <laughs> references things. That's so It's like fun. very specific content. It's like for you, right. for real. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have heard really good things about that book and all of her books. Um, and yeah, but fantasy... I mean, obviously, as you know, in general, it's just so fun and such a good escape. So, yeah. Well, I am currently reading Allegedly by Tiffany D. Jackson. And um, I read White Smoke last year. And then I read Grown at the beginning of this year. And I was like, and, you know, I've loved her writing. And so I was like, I need to like start from the beginning and then work my way up until I've read everything she's written. Um, And it's really good. She just writes like, really really good stories whether it's like horror or more thrillerish but there's like this unsettling feeling um but also just like really strong 
characters and mm. um yeah and this story just deals with a lot of like topics like racism and misogyny and like um and for this young teenage girl who allegedly committed this crime and kind of how she's living with it um so it's just it's really fantastic her writing's really wonderful and um yeah so I'm enjoying it so much so we're like the opposite because actually that's the only book of hers that I've read oh really so I think that was her first book so like yeah I need to catch up on the other ones that have come out since then so like okay. we can just like go back and I'll I'll meet you in the middle absolutely <laughs> sounds great <laughs> yeah I um I just have loved everything I've read so far so it's kind of like an autobi author for me at this yeah, point okay. you have to tell me um what you think because like I did not predict the ending oh really okay well, yeah, I'll let you know, because <laughs> now I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, um, I just have one podcast shout out from a previous guest, and that is um, Spy School Project X by Sir Gibbs, which releases on August 29th. And that's the paperback edition of this book. And this series holds like such a special place in my heart. I think I first read it in like third or fourth grade so um and it's stuck with me they're all up there on the shelf behind me so um it's but listeners if you are interested it's never too late to get obsessed with the new series so I highly recommend checking it out but um Miranda my first question for you is what got you into books and reading oh I think I have to say my parents and um, specifically my dad because uh, my mom went to work while he was a stay-at-home dad and um, he always took me to the library and I could just check out as many books as I wanted and then I would just that's all I would do I would just read so I think I was a very easy kid to take care of because he would just give me a book and then you wouldn't hear from me <laughs> for like five hours um so like just like very low maintenance um child and I yeah that was just I've I've always been reading um so I think I do have to uh thank my parents for nurturing that love for me yeah I love that and um it is so important especially for the parents to like you know allow that love for books and like like you said (laughs) and nurture it and um but no I just love that you would kind of just escape and like be away for a few hours lost in (laughs) reading and Um, And now that it's stuck with you and now that you're writing and publishing stories and um, was there, do you think like a specific book or author that played a really big part into your love for books? Yeah, I think, I think um, I really enjoyed reading these contemporary fantasy books about magic set in the real world. And so I really loved Percy Jackson. Um, my like annoying hipster trait is that people will be like oh like Rick Riordan like got them into Greek mythology and, like no I was reading Greek mythology and then I re- read Rick Riordan so I was like I read Rick Riordan because I liked Greek mythology um and so that like I think just like ex- like um accentuated it even more um it was just like so cool I remember like the Christmas party in like fifth grade um I was just like reading the last book in the Percy Jackson series at that time because now there's like so many and I can't right. keep up but I was reading the last Olympian I was like this is this is what's important um because I was like I need to finish this before I go home or on her break um and I also really really liked um Artemis Fowl by Owen Colfer oh um, yeah have you ever read it um do not watch the Disney plus no <laughs> 
we don't speak of that. We also right. speak of the Percy Jackson movie. Like right, there, exactly. there is no movie. Yeah, I never right. existed. Um, what movie? Exactly. I'm just excited for the TV show. Um, right. But yeah, so I really, really loved uh, Artemis Fowl as well. Like the sarcastic protagonists in both Percy Jackson and Artemis Fowl and like the ways that the writers made the world and like the magical like creatures or beings that existed in it. Like that was really, really cool. And I think that has influenced the books I write as well. I love that. Yeah. And it's, that's just such a cool, that must've been so cool too, to be like, oh, I loved Greek mythology and I read it before Rickard and came, you know before he I'm was always yeah, I feel like such a hipster but like <laughs> no in like um in like uh third grade like eight years old I would be my mom um has like always worked at colleges so like they were just like let me loose in the library stacks and like <laughs> yeah you know the Dewey Decimal System raised me and so I'd just be <laughs> reading like you know like BuzzFeed would do those articles about like oh like 12 things you didn't know about the original um Grimm's Brothers like fairy tales. Oh, yeah. I'm like I knew all of them because <laughs> at eight years old I was reading um stories where like the girl like has a ribbon around her neck and she like never takes oh it off. yeah and the guy is like why why and she's like I will tell you but not yet and then like one day she does take it off when she's like dying yeah and then her head rolls off and I was like reading that <laughs> <laughs> like it like a pint-sized child so I was just like I was like you know like little mermaid turning to sea foam it's not <laughs> so, yeah, i've been here do not quote the old text to me. right exactly oh my gosh yeah i you totally just like unlocked that memory of that story with the girl <laughs> with the string or the ribbon I, around her neck <laughs> i literally want to do like some sort of retelling of it one day you totally like, should you think you know someone and right. then you take the ribbon off <laughs> yeah Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember reading like um like a an abridged version of that from like the easy reader, like scary stories for kids. And like they like took that and was like, let's make it for like, you know, eight, nine, ten year olds. And I was horrified because like they actually like there was illustrations and it was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my God, this is like traumatic. But, um but that. you should you should totally do a retelling. I mean, that would be so cool. And um yeah, but just having that love for like magic and storytelling mm-hmm. um, from such a young age. With that love for it, did you always want to publish a novel or did that come later on? Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to publish a novel. This was also my parents' fault because <laughs> when I was when I was six, I remember my dad telling me a a story about this like other girl who um had like published a novel with her parents' help. Um, and she was seven and I was like a little competitive mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. <laughs> so like, I'm a little late now, <laughs> but we're, you know, we're still getting there. Right. It's the end result that matters. So yeah, my parents would just, um, like always encourage me and like, give me that like time and space to write. Um, so it was just never like, oh, I worked on my novel in secret. And then like one day I'd be like, guys, I have a secret. Right. <laughs> I'm actually civilian <laughs> clothes. I'm actually a writer. Um, so no, it was actually like they would like check in and they'd be like, so like what have you written? <laughs> right. And some to some cases it was a little bit like homework, but yeah. Yeah. 
but no I love that and oh my gosh no yeah that and just that like it it was also um you know they sort of they supported that and like you know enjoyed yeah. from what you shared it seems like you know enjoyed seeing you you know have that love for writing and yeah um, and I feel very lucky to have that support because I know not everyone does right and hey a little friendly competition never hurt anyone so <laughs> she's um, out there right, she doesn't know but right. I'm, I'm coming for her <laughs> exactly <laughs> right well I mean now here you are gosh just over a month from release um <laughs> which I mean it's so exciting for me. I can only imagine all the feelings for you. Um, feelings. But as I had said, your debut novel, If I Have to Be Haunted, releases on September 26th. And it follows Kara Tang, who doesn't want to be haunted. Look, the dead have issues and Kara has enough of her own. Her overbearing mother insists she be the perfect Chinese-American daughter, which means suppressing her ghost-speaking powers, and she keeps getting into fights with Zacharias Colson, the local golden boy whose smirk makes her want to set things on fire. Then she stumbles across Zach's dead body in the woods. He's even more infuriating as a ghost, but Kara's the only one who can see him and save him. Agreeing to resurrect him puts her at odds with her mother, draws her into a dangerous liminal world of monsters and magic, and worse, leaves her stuck with Zack. Yet as she and Zack grow closer, forced to depend on each other to survive, Kara finds the most terrifying thing is that she might not hate him so much after all. Maybe this is why her mother warned her about ghosts. Y'all, I am beyond excited for this book. I mean, oh my gosh, it's like, is it September already? I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, it just sounds so amazing and just full of wit and humor and magic and romance and just full of perfection. I'm seated and ready. And um, even just like the stuff you have on your website with like the, you know, the fake like Instagram profiles and the text messages. I was like reading over those like a week ago and like foaming at the mouth because I'm so <laughs> excited. But um, I just cannot wait. And um, I do have to ask, what was the inspiration for If I Have to Be Haunted? Mm, I think so. I actually started this novel in 2013. So it's like about the 10 year anniversary now. Wow. And so there... There were like a lot of um, early 2010, in the early 2010s, there were a lot of uh, like paranormal, um, supernatural novels. Um, yeah, going way back right. <laughs> in the throwback machine. But uh, there's like, you know, vampires and werewolves, um, totally not like due to Twilight at all. <laughs> uh, and so I think because like that's what I was like reading and ingesting and I was like in my in my mind. So I think when I like came up with this idea that's like just sort of what influenced it um and how it ended up and so it the book hasn't changed very much since then um the premise is still the same and like in fact the climactic scene is still the same um but I do think you can like see the roots in like the soil in which it was planted wow well how beautifully said oh my gosh and um that's really amazing that this is, you know, the sort of the 10 year anniversary of the inception of the idea and the creation of it. And um, so since it has been, you know, this longer period of time, what was that writing process like for this story? So very long. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> it took almost five and a half years to finish the first draft. So I did have like this little annoying thing called school. Um, go to, <laughs> stay in school, kids. <laughs> Don't drop out. But, uh, you know, that kept me from just like, just going all in and becoming a hermit. And so I just like work on it a little bit. Um, there'd be some long periods when I got too busy with school and life and I wouldn't be able to work on it, but it was never like, oh, I'm putting it aside and I'm just going to focus on other things. It was always like, I'm working on it. Um, so even when I wasn't actively working on it, it was like still like running in the back of my mind, like, you know, like a tab a background tab on your browser that's like still playing music um so this yeah this thing has just uh lived rent free in my <laughs> head for so long and in fact um when I finally was able to announce my book deal I tweeted that um getting a book deal is just telling your characters they can't live rent free right. it's like trying to pay up for everything you've done um and I also, uh, I revised um, a little bit more to the uh, 2.25 version. And then I entered Pitch Wars. I totally did not think I was going to get in. This was in uh, 2020. And then um, like right before, right before it announced, I was like in the dark night of the soul. Because uh, I was just like, I'm not going to get in. It's fine. Whatever. Um, and then they announced the mentees. And I was like, oh my God, like my name is there and I like did not believe it for a hot second and I in fact I like held off on like tweeting because I was like what if I like tweet like I'm so excited to be a part of this and then they go oh actually oh no (laughs) and then I have to like delete it like because that would be so embarrassing (laughs) but then I was like (laughs) my friends assured me it was real um so it was like a very very exciting night I did not get my homework done that (laughs) reasonably so and you know has yeah yeah and if anyone doesn't know what pitch wars is um it was rest in peace a uh a uh, intensive mentorship program where uh, writers could enter and they would be chosen to um, be mentored by a publishing professional like an agent author or like a like an editor or um, not an agent I don't think but yeah so these would these would be like just kind writers who like were volunteering to help these beginner or unagented writers out of the good of their hearts and it was about um, I think four months that you got to revise so like sort of like a boot camp um, for writers and then at the end there was this very um, like publicized agent showcase and that was nice because when you cold query you're just like sending your emails out to agents you think would be a good fit and it's it feels a little bit like just yeeting your like, <laughs> beloved precious manuscript child into the cold uncaring void um, especially with the wait times these days because of the pandemic but in the showcase you post like an excerpt of your um book and like the pitch and stuff and then agents will comment below if they want to see more and so it's really nice because it's like they come to you and it's an environment where you can get signed quite fast um I actually ended up signing with my agent on page two with Andrea Brown uh through cold querying so cold querying still works 
do not lose <laughs> hope. Um, but that was, I think, what really helped change my life. And I really thank my mentors, uh, Sandra Proudman and Shannon Thompson for that, because I'm honestly not sure what the path for publishing would look like if I hadn't gotten into it. But that just like really, really helped like their advice and just um, the time that they took to help me make my manuscript better. Like all of that was so, so valuable. And then so I signed, I officially announced that I signed with an agent April 2021 and the showcase is in February 2021 and then Pitchfork started in November 2020 and then um, went on sub uh, I think July, July 9th 2021. Um, I could have gotten it done much faster. We did a little bit of revising um, but again that annoying thing called school and like finals. <laughs> yeah. Ah, it's just you know the recurring villain right. <laughs> in this TV show um, and <laughs> And we went on sub. I wasn't expecting anything. Um, and because it was the first uh, moment in the pandemic where people like had gotten the vaccines. And so I was expecting them, all the editors to be like seeing their loved ones um, and like going outside again. Right. And also in the summer, traditionally publishing is dead. So, right. But then uh, in a little over a week, uh, we got interest, and then that turned into an auction, and then here we are now. Wow. So that was a really long answer. No. To, oh, my to just gosh. Like, well, <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Please. No, I loved hearing all of that, and it's really just so cool to hear, and thank you for sharing about Pitch Wars, too, and um, yeah, what a journey, and also that's really, ex that must have been really exciting that it got attention pretty quickly, I, you know, and um and um just also you know a long process of writing it too but clearly it paid off <laughs> and um yeah they were definitely living rent free for quite some time and then you're like <laughs> one bedroom apartment pay up now like force <laughs> proximity trust exactly yeah but also just that you know you had that villain you know school and um you know just but just having that um in the way as well of not that it's not a good thing but you know there's like here's school but also here's a passion and and something really exciting so um to be able to manage both um but I'm so glad that I got to hear all of that and that's so exciting and um during this process of writing whether it was very early on or once you know, you were in pitch wars or both. Were there any specific shows or movies that you watched or books that you read to sort of help with or to help you get in like the headspace of writing this book? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't, there are shows where, I don't know if this is, <laughs> there are shows where I was like, hmm, that like would be a really good show to watch for inspiration, but I'm going to hold off in case I need more inspiration in the future, sort of like having in my back pocket. So I really want to watch Julie and the Phantoms. Oh my gosh. Place, yeah. Cause it's like ghosts and stuff. Right. And so I've been like saving that for a rainy day. So I might, I might need to get into it because I've been having a bit of trouble with book two, but um, I think that would be a really, really good one there. Uh, I am totally blanking on what like other shows exist right now. I have music. So I listen yeah, to a no, lot please of music share. while I write, um, depending on my mood. Sometimes it's like I need complete silence, but I do have a playlist for if I have to be haunted. And there is uh, 
a lot of Taylor Swift on there. Oh, exciting. Well, I think, yeah, that's also smart to have those in in your mind, like the movies and TV shows of like, if you need that like boost of inspiration. Um, but yeah, Julie and the Phantoms is good. That's definitely, I totally, like totally forgot about that, but like totally on that whole ghost, you know, coming into the real world thing. Um, but also there's like romance in it. And um, so it's all really good. Yeah, that's a fun show. It was a bummer it got canceled. Yeah, um, I'm just like, oh, well, at least I like, I go in knowing. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, not yeah. getting my hopes up. Right. Yeah, yeah. If I have to think about the question, I guess the, all the books I read as a teen right before starting it, that helped me get into the headspace. Yeah. Because that's what like put me into the paranormal mindset in the first place because like oh in the early 2010s like every love interest was like <laughs> a werewolf or like a vampire or fa- or they're like half demon you know right and they're like fighting they're like demon side it was like so brooding <laughs> so yeah I think I think that um just like influenced my headspace yeah this is the skin of a killer Bella yeah <laughs> it's very yeah <laughs> but, new boy at school right <laughs> yeah I that's so wonderful and um also of course music is such a you know powerful thing as well um you had talked about earlier that like the core ideas and like the climax scene of the story like all of that was kind of stayed with it um but did you always know it was going to be enemies to lovers or like this you know yeah that sort of storyline between the two Yes, yeah. So I think I've always had a penchant for like slower and angel of romance or like enemies to lovers, however you want to call it. There's like there's like people have like theses, theses about um like the delineations between like bullies to lovers, oh like they're like hates to love or like rivals to lovers or like enemies to lovers, right? It's like very specific requirements. They're like some of them are like it's not enemies to lovers unless they're like they actually like tried to kill each other right <laughs> um so like i'm i'm just gonna be like yeah, i've always been to like sober and like uh hate to love romance or like annoyances to lovers all that kind of just uh fun stuff um percy jackson like parker beth um it's like a little bit of annoyances to lovers because like he's the son of poseidon she's the daughter of athena so like they didn't get along Right. at the beginning um and then they're so cute it's the blueprint they are the blueprint um honestly um and <laughs> artemis fowl also uh he- holly is um holly is oh my gosh she's an elf i have not read this book in so 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 yeah so sorry no. <laughs> but um uh, he like kidnaps her so <laughs> Oh god, now it sounds like, like a dark mafia <laughs> rom- romance from, from Bug Dog. Um yeah, so <laughs> there's a lot of that stuff. So obviously they do not get along either at the beginning. And I don't know if you've ever read The Sisters Grimm um by Michael Buckley. We're like no, going I back haven't. to like more fairy tales now. Yeah. But um there's this girl who had a little sister and they're like grandmother's taking care of them. And then there's like a fairy tale, fairy tale town and um, like uh, fairy tale creatures cannot leave. And then the like uh, sister's family, like their heritage and lineage, like has to do with all of that. And it's like really, really, really cool. And there's um, a person named Puck in it who's from like you know the original like Faye like right Lord. and uh Sabrina and him also do not get along <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so maybe maybe it's from that yeah or uh, we'll have to unpack that right <laughs> but I just yeah. feel like it's so fun when the couple like they they don't get along at the beginning and then so it's like um really exciting to just watch their arc and like right. see how they like grow to like trust each other and like learn from each other and stuff right yeah and be right and exactly because you sort of know okay well at some point they're gonna not hate each other as much right and but what is that journey to it because every you know peace is different of how they become enemies to lovers or rivals or annoyances or whatever term anyone uses but um yeah and the already like even without having read it yet but like what you've shared on your website like with the instagram like comments and the text messages like those have already captured like that <laughs> the angriness you know the anger between the two um but just oh my gosh it's it's so fun so I and to the listeners I highly suggest checking out Miranda's website to see all of that because um it's just gonna add to the story so much and um make you even more excited but um before when you were talking about um like tv shows and books and movies to like get into that headspace you had also talked about playlists and you have a if I had to be haunted playlist and if you want to share, who were some artists or songs on the playlist? Yeah, so um, Taylor Swift has a song called Gold Rush. And so that one is like, I think the like Zach and Kara song um, because she's like talking about how um, there's this like person who like everyone like, just like knows and like adores and like she uh does not want to be part of that um because you know like falling feels like flying until the bone crush and so there's just this bit of like protecting your heart and um just like turning away from the shine and like not letting yourself be like allured by that but like Zach can be very convincing and charming right so like I think that's um that's like the the song I would say that would encapsulate their romance and there is also um there's a lot of Bastille I would highly recommend listening to Bastille I really really love their music and people really love Taylor Swift's lyrics Bastille also has amazing amazing lyrics and the singer Dan his voice is just it's it's phenomenal like it's heavenly and so um there is this song called um another place and it um did fit the climactic scene like a little a uh, little more before I like slightly edited it because in it used to end like a lot more sadder and <laughs> it was a my mentors were when I met my pictures mentors when they first picked me they were like okay Miranda you cannot write like 400 pages and then make it end like that <laughs> um so I like but I want the tears <laughs> yes exactly so it's not as so when you read it just know it's not as sad as it could have been okay and you're welcome <laughs> but another place I think like um still like fits those like like haunting like yearning vibes yeah. um and I also have um oh what else do I have on here uh oh and I have skulls by Bastille um because there's a line where he goes I don't want to rest in peace I just want to be the ghost that annoys you and if that oh my gosh like I don't know right 
So, like yeah. he, he, you know, they wrote that for your book, obviously. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like listening to songs. I'm like always have like one ear open for like lyrics that could fit my book. And yeah. then I'm like, yes, like this is for me. <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And um, I love all of the songs and yeah, the recommendations. And do you ever think you would release the playlist once the book releases? Oh, I might. Yeah, like a like a curated version because there yeah. are um there are 84 songs <laughs> and it's about five hours long. So I don't know if anyone wants to listen to it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I sign up. <laughs> we, have a, we have a volunteer. We have a tribute. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I will like make like a little graphic uh or like a Spotify code. I I'm yeah. Not, yeah. Exclusive yeah. content exactly well other than this you know amazing synopsis and the excitement I have for it the cover is so stunning and um I I really have like now that I think about it from like past guests too I have Anjou to thank for like 90% of the books on my Goodreads want to read list by now um because she'll reshare a lot of like the cover reveals or talk about the books and I think it was on Twitter which is now like not Twitter. I don't know who knows, but the point is when it was Twitter, she had like retweeted your cover reveal, I think, and um, had like quote tweeted it. And um, it's just stunning. Like the fall vibes, first of all, and then like the two of them and like how Zach is, you know, like the fading, like a ghost in a way and everything's just so magical about it. Um, so that drew me to it before I even had read the synopsis. Um, but did you have any say in the cover? Yeah, so I actually got to suggest the artist. And oh, wow. I like knew that, you know, it might not happen. Um, the artist might not be available, but they did actually end up getting the artist I wanted. And um, it was actually the same person, Hillary D. Wilson, who did the cover for Legendborn. Oh, my gosh. My favorite covers of all, like favorite books of all time, also like favorite covers of all time. Um, it's just like so cool and powerful. And I think um, Hillary actually won an award for that cover. So, oh, wow. um, and Legendborn is like also a comp uh, for my book. And you know, like, um, like fantasy or uh, magic set in the real world, um, BIPOC, like female protagonist coming to her own power, and so um, I felt like that was like something that was really cool that ended up happening. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh, that's so exciting, and um, because I feel like I've heard stories of authors, you know, talking about you know how publishing does have a lot of say in in the end of like what the cover would look like or what would happen. So the fact that you got to suggest the artist and that it all happened is that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah well, of course. Yeah. Legendborn, that whole series, those covers are amazing. So um, now I totally see the connection with the art and yeah, it just, it really is like, it just screams like magical on um, with everything. And of course, you know, the title is so fun if I have to be haunted. And um, did you have any other title options before this one? Oh, my God. I had so many. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. So, so okay. So for a very long time, I 
just called it I didn't have a title for it so I just called it ghost story and you will not believe how I came up with that because it's a story about <laughs> ghosts like I don't know if you see the connection Shocker. it's like oh my sort gosh. of like a very faint one wow um, <laughs> but um eventually I had to submit it to a mentorship uh, program it was another one AMM and I didn't get into that one but um I was like, okay, like I have to come up with a title because it's like this really unfair double standard now where artists can just like handle painting and they'll be like untitled, but like writers have to title their right. pieces before it goes out. I'm just like, wow, why can't they just all be like untitled or like, please help me finish this draft dot like right. five. Um, but I decided to call it Don't Give Me Grief. Um, and I like titles that have a double meaning. So it's like, don't give me grief. Cause like Zach is always annoying her and like giving her grief, but also like she um, comes to find that like, if he actually did die, like for good, like, you know, like how would she feel about that? Like, would it give her, would it give her grief? Like, would she yeah. feel some type of way about that? Um, and then my mentors in Pitch Wars um, did think that it sounded like a little more contemporary. So I like came up with another title. So I like all this time I was like trying to come up with a different title. Like I just had until the showcase and I finally sat down and I like wrote down like all the titles that I had come up with and like sent them over like good or bad, whatever. And it was, I also had just like had a random like thought for like a joke title at 4am and I like posted that and it actually a lot of like likes and like people being like wait I love this and then my mentors came back to me and they were like actually we think that's the one you should go with wow. and so this was called um kissing boys raising the dead and other things my mom won't let me do oh my gosh <laughs> again a joke title okay that I just tweeted out and I spent 45 minutes coming up with a very serious list of titles and my mentors <laughs> like no 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 we want that one so that was what I um debuted in the picture showcase with that's like how I queried all the agents and like to this day I like laugh at the thought of like some of these most like esteemed like you know like big shot agents out there like you know opening up their laptop they've got like a cup of coffee and then they see their inbox and it's like kissing boys raising the dead and other things my mom won't let me and then it just cuts off because the subject line is literally too <laughs> short for this long ass title <laughs> like this so yeah, I'm just like, you know, like best first impression. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, also, we also sold it as that. So that oh, really? is what, that's what editors got in their inbox <laughs> as well. Um, and then after afterwards, after the deal is closed, uh, my editor did say, we think the team, uh, the team thinks that um, like a different title would be better. Um, the current one is kind of long. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> It is. It was 14 words long. Oh my gosh. Um, and I did like the idea of having a cover that wasn't just the words. Right. Some, some, title, some covers do do that. Like I think yeah. um, a very long expanse of sea has oh, like yeah, just yeah. the words. And I did like the idea of having like a picture. I think there are enough words um, inside the book already. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I also was like, it'd be nice to not have to like take a deep breath every single time I'd say the title. <laughs> Like, cause I'm like, you have to say the title a lot as an yeah, author. Right. So you better pick one you like. <laughs> right. um, so that also began, began this very long process of like coming up with all these different titles. And um, this time there were a lot more people signing off on it than like just my two mentors. Um, you know, like every, I think 
I don't know if it's pretty much everyone, but different departments in publishing, they do have to weigh in, especially sales. Like, is it going to land correctly? Does it communicate the genre and age category? And so um, there were a lot, uh, like a joke title I came up with was uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, <laughs> but eventually we did land on If I Have to Be Haunted. And I came up with that one after the shower. So, you know, works wonders. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I, all of those were, are so fun. And um, that's a 14 words. That is a long title. Um, and it is true though. Um, to have art on the cover is so nice. And especially when it's really beautiful art of the characters or a moment in the book, or even just something to do with the book. Um, but also it smells like teen spirit. That's really, that's like, it's really funny because there's like already an association with that. And then like, just so fitting with the book as well. But um, I do really love if I have to be haunted and it's very much a mood and, um, and yeah, it's just, and it still has all of the witchy, magical vibes about it. So, um, wow, what a journey of titles. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you say was most important for you about writing Kara's story? I think uh, one thing that I never saw in the books that I loved reading growing up was like, an Asian American or Chinese American character um so it'd be like you can have all these like other magical creatures or like magical goings on but like there aren't any people of color like seems a little off right. so I really just wanted to write um like what the kinds of stories and like magic and like uh well, not fairy tales in this case, but, you know, just like all those sorts of um, magical, magical tales that I read growing up and just have it centered around a Chinese American character. I think that was what was really important for me, like lying beneath it. Um, overall, I just like wanted to have fun, um, especially I think like as a kid, like as a 14 year old, um, I was just I wasn't gonna write it if it wasn't gonna be fun because you can't make me do this right yeah so um it was it was about it was for me um but it's also for the readers um when it like is published and it's uh when it comes out like at the end of the day like I hope they take something away from it and I hope that they are able to relate to it and that they resonate with it especially if they are Asian or they have Chinese descent yeah well, I love that. And it is so true, like just about representation in general, like it's not, it's becoming more and more common in books, but we could always, always use more. And um, for so long, it was just primarily white characters. So that's what sold, right? And that's what was popular. So um, yeah, to have that representation and for readers to be seen and have relatability and um, it's just so exciting and um yeah so I really love that so thank you for sharing I know you sort of talked about you know for your readers having that relatability and um with what was most important for you about writing your main character story but is there something specific that you hope your readers will take away from reading this story yeah I think just that um like Asian Americans 
like Asian people, like they can have like their own stories um, and just have stuff that's like centered around them and like focused on them and be given that space. And so obviously like my one story isn't going to be the thing that maybe like changes all of that or like shifts the paradigm, but it can be just like one more story or link um and that like adds to this like already amazing um canon that we are growing because yeah when I was growing up there were like barely any um like characters of color like main characters of color and so now there's like a lot more and especially like seeing um like other Chinese American writers or writers of Chinese descent um do amazing stories like uh, these violent delights um like chloe gong or like uh if i if you could see the sun um by Anne liang which you should totally all read um yeah that's just amazing to be able to add to that yeah absolutely and right just that like another really wonderful piece to this ever-growing puzzle of like um or another building block on the pile of amazing stories and um important stories too and just um yeah so it's so exciting and and it's a really wonderful takeaway um as I was saying you know it releases on September 26th and that's soon and so do you have something that you're most excited for for when this book releases oh I think I'm excited uh for my launch events so I have some planned um including I will not say them right now but there might be one near you um so I will I will announce them when it is time but I think I'm ex- I have got some like amazing authors who've agreed to be in conversation with me so I'm really hardened and like honored by that and yeah I just like to get out and like see everyone because this story has been in my head for so long it's only been like Zach and Kara and me and so like just like getting to actually like see it be out in the world and witness that um just like makes it so much more fun and real because you know you're just like hallucinating in your head as a writer and then to like get like feedback from from other people it's like very nice in fact I didn't get to announce my book deal for like six months oh wow so it was okay and because uh HarperCollins doesn't allow you to announce until the contract is done and of course contracts take such a long time and so it was like fine in the beginning um because we uh closed the auction in early August or in no like mid-August because on Percy Jackson's birthday which is also very auspicious that's amazing it was so amazing and then like last year on Percy Jackson's birthday I also got like more amazing book news so I feel like just like Percy Jackson's birthday means so much more yeah now oh sorry that was a tangent but please um, by like October though I had begun to like get a little like I don't know like almost cabin feverish be like oh my gosh like I still can't even talk about this um like am I sure that I didn't just like make it up like I just (laughs) made the book deal and then I was like no no no, but like your agent and your editor like they're they also are in on this like they also know this so it's real and then I was like what if it's a group hallucination (laughs) So, so like just like going outside and seeing people like you know hold being able to hold my book and like see yeah I think that'd be really fulfilling absolutely oh my gosh I'm so excited and um I can't wait to see where you'll be going and who you'll be talking with and 
um, I'll be packing my bags and <laughs> I will be ready. But um, it that will be so exciting. I can only imagine. And um, yeah, like you said, just having that idea in your head for so long and knowing it's there and you getting to know everything about it, but then putting it out into the world and seeing others hold that idea and, um, you know, just, yeah, and just also seeing the physical book too. I, I can't wait. And I know, I'm sure that's going to be so exciting, but um, so many exciting things. And, you know, I'm sure so many even unknown surprises yet to come for this book. And um, if you have, you know, one piece or some advice or, you know, what advice would you give to any aspiring writers? Oh, I would definitely say read, like read all that you can. Um, because for me, at least my like writing inspiration does come from reading books and just like ingesting that like it's like not just about the story but even just like I don't know like the way the words look on the page if that just makes sense like whenever I haven't like read in like a long time and then like I open a book it's just like it's like coming home and it's just like really really nice to just like get that in my brain um so I feel like I know other people they can like watch movies and like get inspiration um for their books that way and I do get like um like little sparks of inspiration but I think for a book seeing like the words which are them because I other writers maybe like it's about the characters and um or like the world building and I think characters are really important for me but also just like the words and like the line level prose just seeing that really really inspires me and like gets my engine firing so I would say just reading that'll keep you on top of the market um hopefully give you inspiration and like you will know like where your story fits in so that would be my number one advice that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that and um, yeah, what wonderful advice. I do have to ask, since, you know, obviously you're debuting with the fantasy and with magical, you know, elements and magic in the real world. And in your bio, it says, you know, you're always searching for magic and wherever it can be found. Um, what is one magical or fantasy item or thing that you would love to find in real life? Ooh, um maybe like a four-leaf clover like I mean I guess they exist in like Chernobyl <laughs> so I hope like one pops up here and it's like it's like magical and I can like wish on it or something yeah. that'd be really nice <laughs> yeah of course oh my gosh yeah I I don't think I've seen one ever so yeah that is definitely it's like are they even yeah exactly are they even real at this point like maybe (laughs) I don't know hopefully but that would be so fun to find and um yeah and just like have all the good vibes then from that well if you could turn if I have to be haunted into any form of media that is not a tv show or a movie what would that be I think a graphic novel um, we actually held on to uh, the graphic novel rights oh, uh, wow. during submission or I guess like during the contract process because my agent was like um, I can really see if I've haunted as a graphic novel and I hadn't even like thought about it before then but I was like yeah like that would be actually totally cool like you know just to see like the full color panels and like that glowing because uh, in because we describe it we describe like ghosts as having this like silver glow like outlining their silhouette so I think that would be really cool to see that depicted Um, yeah oh my gosh that would be so exciting and 
oh my gosh, yeah, especially it's like a fantasy. And well, I'm saving a spot on my shelf for that because, <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so cool. And yeah, and just to see like your words come to life in illustrations even more so than just the cover and like into full pages. And yeah, that is such a cool idea. So when readers finish If I Have to Be Haunted, what books, movies, games, podcasts, etc. do you recommend for them that have the same sort of vibe? Well, I think I would recommend, it's a kind of interesting because I actually, I had a bit of trouble coming up with comp titles um, because I wasn't sure if there was like something that was quite like like that like a one-to-one um but I think for spooky vibes um if you're looking for like a ghost love interest uh definitely cemetery boys um and you can also um like maybe Gilmore Girls possibly just because there's like a grandmother and like mother and daughter relationship and there's like a grandmother and like a uh, mother and daughter relationship and if I'd be haunted oh, and yeah. it's, it's like cozy like a tunnel town um so I think for that if you want to get into like the like just the like fall vibes for sure I love all of that. Oh my gosh. Um, I, yeah, I love Cemetery Boys and um, it's, yeah, so true for like the spooky love interest and like fall ghost vibes. And um, yeah, I love that idea of Gilmore Girls too, because of course the fall, right? And just like the family dynamics of that. So Oh, those are such fun answers. And yeah, listeners, once you read If I Have to Be Haunted, you should definitely check those out because, you know, who knows the vibes better than Miranda herself? I mean, um, yeah. So, um, but with that wonderful answer, we have come to the end of this episode, but I want to thank the iconic, magical, talented, and fabulous Miranda Sun for joining me today. Miranda, it was such a joy to chat with you, and I am in awe of all that you do. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh my gosh, I'm in awe of all that you have done. <laughs> like, you're so cool. Like, this is so amazing. So thank you for allowing me to be one of your guests on your esteemed podcast and asking such amazing questions. It has been such a delight. Oh my gosh, stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're too nice. And of course, I was, oh my gosh, I am just so happy that I got to talk with you and it it was totally meant to be that we bumped into each other at Y'all West and um, I just am so happy that I got to hear all of these wonderful stories and um, and I'm so happy that all the listeners will get to hear these amazing stories as well. Um, Where can the listeners find you? So you can find me at um, Halcyon Pen on Twitter maybe if I don't know. It doesn't explode. Right. Uh, we'll see. Um, and I'm also at the Miranda Sun on Instagram and TikTok. So <laughs> if you want some um, of me on your for you page, or maybe not, because it actually doesn't yeah. show you who you're following on your for you page. Um, but possibly just like manifest it. Yeah. Or, like, say my name three times. Right. There. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. It, I mean, it worked for me. So it's, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. um, but I love that. And um, yes, everyone go follow Miranda. And um, like I had said, check out her website, which has 
um, more about the book and all of those fun details. But do you have anything upcoming or current that you want to shout out or promote? I mean, aside from the release of If I Have to Be Haunted, of course. Um, let's see. I think that you should read The Borrow a Boyfriend Club by Paige Powers, um, which comes out in September, uh, right before my book, because uh, it is my friend's book and we both have pictures and you should go support him because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for shouting that out. We love Paige here. So um, yeah, and I'm so excited for that book. Yeah. Thank you for shouting that out. Um, but thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of try reading and don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast and if you'd like you can write a review or rate the show that way other book lovers can find these amazing stories and people you can follow try reading on instagram at try reading podcast and on twitter or x whatever the heck it's called who knows at this point but if, for right now you can follow try reading there at try reading 2022 um, right right <laughs> Um, and as always, you can find this show wherever you get your podcasts and new episodes drop every other Friday. You can buy books by the Try Reading authors through the bookshop.org link in the Try Reading link tree below. And of course, that includes Miranda's magical book and also um, her link tree is below. So um, because she's running a few different things with indie bookshops that you can order from. So definitely check that out. But Miranda, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the podcast today. And you are just such an icon. And I feel so lucky to have gotten to talk with you. Thank you. I feel so lucky to have gotten to talk to you. Maybe.